Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to Finishing Well, our podcast of finishing life as a senior. If you're 65 or older, we welcome you as part of our senior generation. But if you happen to be a little younger than that, we welcome you just fine. Uh, We hope you appreciate and get something out of our podcast. Whether you're older or whether you're younger, we like to discuss how we can live and finish our lives well and with purpose. I'm Randy Hess. I'm with Hal Habaker, my good friend, and the creator and founder of Finishing Well Ministries. So good day to you, Hal. How are you doing today? Good day to you, Randy. Thanks for asking. I always enjoy hanging out with you. You know, one of the things that I think God does, he brings people into our lives all the time who are rich in their encouragement of us, and they help us to develop. And you're one of those people. So I thank God for you. I'm happy how this podcast developed. And uh, I love serving God with you and thinking together about the aging process. It's really rich. So thank you. Well, bless you. Thank you, Hal, for that. And, and I appreciate that. And I feel the same way to be. I'm, I'm just uh, uh, humbled and honored to be part of it. And uh, I'm glad that uh, we can do this podcast and, and maybe uh, help people understand a little bit about our thinking regarding what finishing well uh, has meant, can mean, uh, would be available to uh, for other people. So as a part of that, how we talked recently uh, in our podcast about a poem that had guided you in founding Finishing Well Ministries had been kind of in your ear, if you will, uh, as you were putting your thoughts together on what you wanted to do after you uh, retired as a pastor. And that poem happened to be a poem about uh, seniors, a poem about senior, if you will, living. Uh, And if you have not yet heard the podcast, uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to it, uh, listeners out there, and uh, you'll see where that poem can be a a meaningful guide to you and your life. Uh, We're going to continue the discussion today, though. So, Hal, why don't we talk a little bit about what it is that is a, an intriguing and key element uh, of the poem by Robert Browning that other people can use, can think about, can digest a little bit, and can maybe explore their own feelings about uh, as they age, uh, as they confront the aging that they're doing every day. Let's do it, Randy. Uh, As a reminder to set the stage, I want to talk today, we want to talk together about Robert Browning's poem entitled Rabbi Ben-Ezra. We're looking at the first stanza only, and in this podcast, we're going to look only at the second line. But let me just restate the the first stanza. Grow old along with me, the best is yet to be, the last of life for which the first was made. Our times are in his hands, who saith, a whole I planned. Youth shows but half. Trust God, see all, nor be afraid. Hmm. So go back and listen to the first podcast where we talk about that whole stanza. But today, I'd like to just talk about that second line 
the best is yet to be. That's mm. a fascinating line. Uh, and, and I want to, exp- I, I wish Browning were here and we could talk to him and have an interview with him and say, Robert, what did you mean by this line? The best is yet to be. So the best I can do is think about that and reflect on it together. So let me suggest a couple of things just personally in human life. And then let me suggest a couple of things spiritually. And then let's move on through life and take it apart a little bit. First of all, you know, life is a continuum. How many situations can you think of where you can't wait to go to, uh, you can't wait until tomorrow? You know, you go on to first grade. You know, I never went to kindergarten, but I remember going to first grade. I just, just couldn't wait. You can't wait until you get to junior high. You can't wait to get to your senior. Can't wait to play basketball. You can't wait to go to college. You can't wait. You're always anticipating. Not that there aren't hardships in any of those stages, but, and parents are the same way. You can't wait for your first kids to arrive, for the birth of your first child, the second, the third, the fourth, whatever. You, you can't wait to step into a career. You can't wait to step into a marriage. You can't wait to race in a race. You know, whatever it is, you are always anticipating something in the future. You know, the sun comes up the next day. All of life is aimed at something in tomorrow. But the challenge of aging is as I age and grow older, you know, the Apostle Paul captured this in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. See, he's still looking at the future, but then he adds this, though our outer man is decaying, our inner man is being renewed day by day. So even though your body begins to deteriorate and can be a great source of frustration and hardship, the inner man continues to grow and grow and grow and grow, anticipating tomorrow. You know, at our age, Randy, we think of grandkids or great grandkids. You know, they're incredible, aren't they? We even joke with each other. You know, if I'd if I'd known how good grandkids are, I would have skipped their parents and gone straight to the grandkids. But you know, again, this this truth: there's always something tomorrow, and I could go on and on about that. But do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think that uh, we do. Uh, <clears throat> see or anticipate things that uh, we see coming in the future, Hal, and we think fondly, we think excitedly about those. Uh, And the best is yet to be is a part of life in the early going, uh, in the, in the middle years in the aging process in the middle years, we, we still have so many things that we anticipate. so the best is yet to be is our guide as to what life is all about. You might be having a challenge today. You might have had a challenge last week. But you know that tomorrow the sun rises and you will have a new day and a new start and a new opportunity to make it all it can be, right? However, as you also say, the senior eight years tend to bring some counter messages to that and they begin working on our brains the counter messages are wait a minute that's all in my past 
all those all those uh, things that are coming, all those things that I can say are going to be tomorrow, those are in my past. So, so uh, all I can do is sit around here in my easy chair or on my sofa or wherever I am relaxing and think about the past, not anticipate much else about my life, certainly not looking forward to tomorrow. And that can really give us a bad attitude, Hal. Well, it really can. Let me say this in thinking about this issue before we plunge into some of the real challenges of aging. I think God wants us to have his theology of life etched in our hearts and our brains so that whatever comes, we are his people living life his way. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, Let's just take a couple verses I want to put out there in the table. Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Do you think that's a verse just for your 33rd year when you're perhaps at your highest performance physically? (laughs) When does that verse not apply? Right. You know, I think it applies every day. You know, this is the day God has made. Let us see its value. And I think that's what rejoicing means. And I think that's what Browning meant by saying the best is yet to be. He's not saying every day is a rah-rah day, you know, live free and be happy, do whatever you want. I don't think that's what Browning says. I think what he says is the best is yet to be because God has a purpose in everything that's happening in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, you think of your spiritual growth. I mean, the best is yet to be. That is hopefully today, tomorrow, and the next day, I'll be more conformed to the image of Christ. I'll see his perspective in my life more and more every day. So that's the best thing about life, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think about prayer. You know, knock and it shall be, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. I mean, prayer, the whole idea of prayer is praying something about God at work tomorrow or later on today in my life. I'm going through a challenge, so I pray. What do I pray for? Well, I pray for God to intervene in my life in some tangible way, you know, into the future so that he'll help me get through this. So the whole idea of the spiritual life, the whole idea of prayer, the whole idea of following Jesus, you know, he says, follow me and I will make you, he said, fishers of men. So they're following Jesus into the future. So God has a plan for our lives, and he wants us to walk with him in it and embrace tomorrow because he has a purpose in it. Does that make sense? Sure does, Hal. It sure does. And I think that what we do is we get caught up a little bit in our uh, assessment of uh, that, what what, what we have for our life is basically behind us. And uh, what more could there be? I've seen it all. I've done it all. Um, I'm really in a place where I can not do more. So I'm just going to let it all go. I'm not going to try to think about or do anything. And yet we get on that path and it, it doesn't open our eyes to what the Lord (laughs) <laughs> has already done in our lives and is still waiting there if we just anticipate and look at it and pray, as you say, waiting there to do it again. 
You know, Dr. Charles Ryrie was one of my mentors at Dallas Seminary, and he used to always say, everybody's a theologian. You're either Goodwin or not so good. So part of my thinking is, how does understanding how God works apply to these challenging years? So let's just talk about the challenges for a minute. Let, let me talk about them spiritually. You know, James 1 verse 2 says, count it all joy when you encounter various trials, the things that you don't want to go through. And we could enumerate dozens of those in the aging years. But God does. God wants to help us through those and face them and deal with them. And I would say grow through them. And that's the advantage of thinking about life in the aging years with a biblical theology, because God is going to help us through those years and do things in our life, in our aging years, when we begin to lose our physical strength, we may lose our mental acuities or whatever, but God is there in the middle of them. I think of Lamentations 3, you know, Jeremiah, who wrote Lamentations, is called the weeping prophet. And he says in the middle of Lamentations, when Israel was deteriorating, being overrun, he says, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope in the middle of trouble. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease. They are new every morning or tomorrow. And then he says, great is your faithfulness. So hardship is there all the time uh, at whatever age in our lives, but it increases in, in light of the aging years as well, uh, ultimately death. And I want to talk about that in a minute, but give me some feedback on that, Randy, in terms of our theology of life and the best is yet to be in the aging process those senior years. Well, Hal, I think you, you said it, that we don't always grasp that we are to count it all with joy, that we are to look at things from a biblical perspective and from the perspective of the Holy Spirit even, is right there by our side, ready to show. We, we still are in a mode sometimes, Hal, of, of, uh, of human and culture guidance. And it narrows the viewpoint completely, or narrows it tremendously, I'll put it that way, down to, oh, I've got a new, th this new issue or that new issue in, in my life, personally, or in my family, and I can't do much about it. It's, uh, you know, I'm just going to have to let them worry about that, but I'm not going to, I don't even need to pray about it because it's their deal. So. I let it go, or I ignore it, or I complain about it to all my friends. And yet, I'm still getting up tomorrow and uh, looking at life as, oh, I've got another day. I, what can I complain about today? You know, I've got issues today. So every day is going to be a complaint fest uh, with me because I refuse to say, that, you know, it's partly my, my not grasping what the Lord is really telling me. And you just shared a lot of that, Hal. That was a, that was a, really a, quite a, I thought, a, a, a summary of what the Lord wants for us 
in our aging years that we tend not to grasp. But let me press it on to the very end of life. I want to talk about things because ultimately death will come to all of us. And how we die, you know, we have no control or when we die or how our bodies will deteriorate or whatever. But I, I want to think about this a little bit. But by the way, we, we resist in our culture thinking about a theology of death. I, I think we do it as Christians as well. You know, we don't want to deal with it in general. We're like our culture. Ernest Becker wrote a book in 1961 called The Denial of Death. It was a Pulitzer Prize winner. But that theology still captures our life we don't want to deal with. But in the scriptures, you have a very open uh, theology, practical application of what happens. Ecclesiastes 12 said, the days will come when we don't want them. That is as death encroaches in on our lives. But let me think about this for a second. Uh, let me just say some positive things. Number one, on the other side of death, we're going to be face-to-face with Jesus. You, you know, that should count for something in my dying days as I near death and deal with disability. Uh, I think about heaven on the other side. You know, uh, someone has said everybody talks about heaven, but nobody wants to go there. <laughs> It's true. We want to stay here, but heaven is real. We're going to be connected with the whole history of God's people, and we'll see his plan more clearly on the other side of this life than ever, ever, ever before than we could imagine. And I think even these last years or the last weeks, months, or whatever we have, I think God can use them in a powerful way. I want to tell the story of my mother real quick. And then, Randy, you, you, you have a good friend that you've talked with a little bit about his own dying process. But my mother was, uh, she died in 96, and she was, uh, I would say, bedridden for the last part of that last year. Couldn't do anything. But she had a marvelous ministry in praying. And she loved Jesus. She couldn't wait to go see him. But in her last year, she had a constant stream of younger women who she had poured her life into throughout all of her life, coming through her assisted living room, thanking her for her encouragement. She would pray with them. She would continue to encourage them as best she could. I've often thought my mom's last years were possibly her best years in life of impacting the kingdom of God. She understood that by faith, even though she didn't feel it. But even our last years, You know, I would agree with Browning, the last weeks, the last months, and as much as we were able, grow old along with me, even to the final season of life, the best is yet to be. Now, Randy, you have a friend. Uh, You may want to share some principles or some thoughts that you guys shared together. Um, So one one of my pals, Bill, that I met with, meet with every week, um, group of senior guys um we've been meet, we had been meeting for years and anyway bill and uh each of the guys has a challenge of some sort with health but bill had a debilitating disease that was uh, not going to get better and took him down uh, let's just say week to week and <clears throat> bill still continued as long as he possibly could to join 
the group every week. He, he would uh, get rides from people and uh, or his spouse would bring him sometimes and we'd take him home, that kind of thing. But he wanted to participate. Uh, so in Bill's last, I'm going to say, a uh, couple of years, it turned out, uh, he actually agreed to go back to a men's retreat with me. And uh, at the church we were both at, and we did. And uh, we roomed together, and, and uh, he rode out and back with me. And while we were there, Bill says, you know what? I want to do the zip line. So Bill, <laughs> we helped Bill climb up some staff members at, the, at this retreat uh, in Tyler, Texas. Helped him climb up to the top, and he did the zip line, and I videoed it. and. Uh, he just wanted to say, I want to do this and show that I, just to myself, I don't care who, who else knows about it. So anyway, he did that. And then the point being, for me, the most meaningful thing about Bill was his attitude, which he was close to the Lord. And the way I knew that was that he would say, I know, don't worry about things, Randy. I mean, uh, it's kind of, he was almost saying they are what they are, and I'm okay with it. He says, I know this, that I am exactly in the spot where the Lord wants me. Exactly. So he would say that to me. He would say that to anybody that was interested, that I'm exactly in the place where the Lord wants me, and I'm looking forward to being in heaven with the Lord, looking forward to it. He wasn't saying that because he was saying, I'm giving up. He wasn't saying that because he was saying, I can't stand this anymore. He wasn't saying that because he, he felt that uh, each day was bringing another cloud over him. He was just saying, that's the way it is here, and that's the way it's going to be wonderful uh, when I get there. So Bill had an attitude that was, you know, uh, even though I'm walking through the shadow of the valley, um, I'm not going to fear any evil. I'm not going to fear it. It's, it's, there's no sense in that, and there's no, there's no purpose in it. And he walked life with a different attitude, and it just really impacted me personally. It's an awesome story. Well, let me wrap up our time together with a, a prayer that I find in Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. Let me read it. Paul says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Let me stop there. Is that an age-limited verse? So as an older person facing the hardships of life, whatever hardships they may be, and even death itself. I love Paul's prayer. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond at this season of life and whatever challenge I am living in, I know God is going to work through it. The greatest joy will be to be through this life, being faithful to him and be with him and see all of God's purposes from an utterly eternal perspective. 
Now, I really think Browning's not here for me to ask him, Randy, but I really think when Browning said, grow old along with me, the best is yet to be, I think he always thought of life being better, especially on the other side of this life in eternity. So, and that's why we trust Christ. He's involved in our lives. Amen. Well, thanks for sharing this with us, this line, the best is yet to be. I hope it resonates with you. I hope it helps you think more clearly about your life and whatever stage you're at, and you're always riveted on things to come. That's why Jesus came. (laughs) That's why he lives. That's why he died. That's why he rose again. And that's our mission as men and women in this senior age who are his followers. May God help us to follow him more strongly and firmly every day through all life as he gives it from his hand. So thanks for being with us today. God bless you. And let's keep pursuing Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Take care.